News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And you can also hit me up at Pete Callender on Twitter. Uh, Monica sends me this tweet. I told my best friend the stat on the people under the age of 19, not, uh, yeah, under the age of 19, your chance of dying from uh, COVID, where did I just put that? Uh, here it is, from rationalground.com. I have the, uh, the problem is I have all of these charts for like every single age. Okay, um, zero to 19, similar to the odds of dying from a sharp object. One in 37,000, that's the odds of dying. Those are your odds. One in 37,000. Your survival rate is 99.997%, okay, under the age of 19. Monica says she told her friend that stat, and he started screaming at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, look, some people, some people are terrified of COVID, and other people are terrified of the vaccine. People are scared. That's what's driving a lot of this. This is a panic. It's a widespread panic. Great band, by the way. I saw them a bunch of times. Campus at ECU one year. Anyway, um, Gary says, Pete, I can't believe that you said I'm not the bat dude instead of saying I'm not the Batman. I thought you were a pro. Well, joke's on you, Gary. I am not. Uh, this one from McDellinger who says COVID masks shots will be kept creating fear because they want to continue with mail-in voting in 2022-24. I do not know that to be true. I have heard this as well, this argument as well. And considering how the left used, and we went over this earlier in the week, how the left used COVID in order to get all of the election rules changed uh, throughout the swing states, North Carolina included, I am not ruling it out as a possibility. I would like to think, like, again, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but when you lead me to a certain conclusion through all actions and evidence, <laughs> then you know, I'm going to make the conclusion you want me to make. This is the same thing with people who dress a certain way. Like, if you want me to think you are a professional, and then you dress like a professional, and I will think you are a professional. If you dress the part, I'm more likely to think you are that part, right? Seriously, like if you if you show up at a Blockbuster wearing a blue polo shirt and khakis, I'm going to think you work there, right? Or is that Best Buy now? That's Best Buy. Don't they wear that? Isn't that their uniform too? It's a different color blue, but still. Yeah, Blockbuster. I've just dated myself. I remember Blockbuster. For kids who, who don't know, the, the crushing disappointment of going to a store and seeing an entire wall of the same movie and not being able to rent it. Hey, we got the brand new release out. Oh, this is fantastic. And you see it all over this wall. They got like 40 copies of it on the, on the shelf. And you go to pick it up and the, all the boxes are empty. There's one left in the country. There was one. It was, I thought it was in, in Alaska it's or in, something. It's in Alaska. And then somebody, I think we talked about this, and then somebody said, no, no, it's in Washington State or something. Whatever, I don't care. It's the same thing. Washington, Alaska, it's all up there on that left side. And, uh, yeah, that's the, it's the last one that's up there. Yeah, if you, and, and if you went there 
and you tried to rent the movie and they didn't have the movie you wanted to rent, you had to not rent it. That's how that happened. That's how that shook out. Yeah, you just didn't get to see the movie. You'd have to wait. You'd have to come back like the next day, the next uh, or a couple hours later or whatever. And sometimes like they would like towards the end, like right before the end, like while they were kind of circling the drain, they were like, um, well, you know, we can put you on a list, a waiting list. You're like this. They got really advanced like where like you could you could put your name on a list and then they would call you and let you know that the movie came in. And oh, woe unto you who did not rewind your uh, video cassette. You know why we got the VHS rather than the beta? Do you know why? Seriously, do you know what the one, one word answer for why America went with VHS and not Betamax? Porn. For real. The porn industry determined our technology on that one. They probably still are for all I know. I mean, that's, I just remember reading a lengthy article. I read the article. It was about this topic. It was, okay. Anyway, uh, Justin says, Pete, what happens when the percent of fully vaccinated drops because the rules changed? There will be no off-ramps. Um, the off-ramp is that people kindly stop complying. Those who gain more power don't tend to give it back. Hence all of the, well, if we do this or if we do that. Well, again, and, and Justin, like I'm coming around to that belief as well. Because, I don't know, maybe despite all my best efforts, I might be a bit of an optimist. Maybe it's not been completely uh, destroyed in me. Maybe I am a bit of an optimist, but I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try not to assume the worst motivations from people. That's why I say, like, there are a lot of people who are afraid. They're scared of this stuff, and I get it. I understand that. But I, I also recognize that there are people that will use the situation for evil purposes. I don't really comprehend that because I'm not evil. This is one of those things... After mass shootings, for example, um, this is one of the things when we when I come on the air and I talk about, you know, these terrible, terrible events perpetrated by pure evil people uh, and insane, irrational people. We're trying to make sense of this stuff and we cannot because we're not like that. I'm not irrational. I'm not insane that I know of. I'm not evil, I think. And so. I cannot comprehend these things, and most people cannot either. And so we look for there to be some rational explanation for something, and there isn't one. And, but that's this is the value. I was talking with a friend of mine up in uh, every Friday morning. I actually do a, a radio hit up in uh, Raleigh and Greensboro with Casey O'Day up there on his morning show. And this is one of the things we kind of got into this morning was um, the sheepdogs, the sheep. And the wolves. And you may be thinking to yourself, what does that have to do with this COVID stuff? Well, there was a, I believe it came from a, a, an essay or maybe an excerpt from a larger book, Killology, I believe was the name of it. But the philosophy was, it was laid out as such, that there are three types of people in the world, and that none of these are better or worse, well, except for the wolves. But it, 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 like when I say sheep, there are sheep, there are wolves, there are sheepdogs. And when people, oh, you know, you're calling me a sheep? I'm not a sheep, right? But think of it in terms of, you know, productive member of society. They don't hurt anybody. 
they get along with everybody that are sheep and you know, whatever, and they're they're good. You want a lot of sheep, right? That's good. They're 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 nice people. Then there are the wolves. The wolves come in and they try to kill the sheep. And they're not good. And then there are sheep dogs, and sheep dogs protect the sheep from the wolves, right? That's what they're made to do. Their mind is just different, you know? They are a different kind of species, a different breed. They think differently, behave differently. Now, part of that means they're going to run around the perimeter barking at all the noises in the night, and they're kind of annoying sometimes. And sometimes to the sheep, they look a little bit like the wolves. They act like the wolves. Can we really trust these sheep dogs? But you can. You can. But this is... It's... It's a warning. We have to listen to the sheepdogs. Yes, yes, they bark at a lot of noises in the night, and a lot of times, you know, it's just the wind. It's nothing. But every now and again, it is a wolf. All right, I'm going to call it right now. Probably not going to be able to get to the audio from the Mecklenburg Board of County Commission. I will do it on Monday, though. I've got all these other topics, not topics, but it's all related. And so I just I want to keep on this path. And rather than just like shift gears while we're, you know, already uh, proceeding down the road, that's just no good for the transmission, I hear. So we'll just just going to stay on this course. So let me I think I'm doing this correctly. Hang on a second. Um, ha ha. The Department of Homeland Security secretary has covid. I think, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is that the standard? I think that's correct. I think I'm, because isn't this what happened when everybody in Trump land got COVID? We're supposed to mock them for it, right? No, Alejandro Mayorkas tested positive for COVID-19. And it comes just a few days after he attended an event with President Joe Biden. I mean, I'm assuming they're all getting tested regularly. And Biden was up on the stage all night last night. Anderson Cooper was right there, neither one wearing a mask. So we'll see what happens. Super spreader. Um, <laughs> the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services put out a press release. As COVID-19 cases surged this summer, fueled by the Delta variant, hospitalizations and deaths among residents in North Carolina long-term care facilities were significantly lower than during the winter surge, as shown in data from the NCDHHS. The decrease in cases and severe illnesses can be attributed to vaccination for residents and staff of long-term care facilities and to the work done by long-term care providers to implement measures to protect staff and residents from COVID-19. Um, could it also be due to natural immunity, considering how many people in the long-term care facilities got it the first go-around? You know, that might have something to do with it, too. Um, also, Delta, less lethal. Less lethal than the original. Or maybe, you know, therapeutics. Got some stuff to help treat people now better, so that's helpful. I mean, look, I'm not trying to downplay or deny the um the vaccines helped mitigate harm among the elderly population the most vulnerable in the nursing homes i was the one screaming for, at the beginning like look at what florida is doing for the love of me please you know focus on the nursing homes the long-term care facilities that's where you need to be marshalling all the resources okay so 
vaccinations, I'm sure, has led to a uh, a decline. That's good news. I would also like to see some attention paid, just a mention, to natural immunity. Natural immunity. Just a mention. But they never do. Our DHHS never talks about it. Um, there was a op-ed the other day at the Washington Post by Marty Macari or Macari. He's with uh, Johns Hopkins. And he talked about this, a previous version, or sorry, he says, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, he says it's okay to have an incorrect scientific hypothesis, okay? That's okay. It's one of the things I've been saying from the beginning of the pandemic. It is okay to be wrong about a brand new viral infection sweeping the planet, right? That's okay. When new data proves your hypothesis wrong, then you adapt. Unfortunately, a lot of elected leaders, a lot of public health officials, they've held on for way too long to the hypothesis that natural immunity only gives us unreliable protection against COVID-19. Okay? Um, This is a contention that Macari says is being rapidly debunked by the science and data. Look, NBA players know this. The NBA players know this. They were the ones telling reporters at these press conferences, like running them through the logic of it, and to the reporters, they're like, I don't understand. Like, dude, it just, it, it makes sense. Like, you got a vaccination, right? Yeah, yeah, sorry. And I don't, so you're protected, and I'm not, but I already had it, so I have the antibodies. So we're all okay. You're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. Well, you need to get the jab. If you don't get the jab, then I can't be safe. This is where we are. This is where we are. You can't even speak rationally to some people about this stuff. More than 15 studies have now demonstrated the power of immunity acquired by previously having the virus. A 700,000-person study from Israel found those who had experienced prior infections were 27 times less likely to get a second symptomatic COVID infection than those who were vaccinated symptomatic so they too can still carry it. everybody gets to still carry it yay <laughs> everybody gets to still catch it and spread it it's just a matter of whether you are symptomatic and whether you suffer any real you know negative side effects symptoms of the uh, of the disease so this affirmed this study out of israel supported a cleveland clinic study back in june that looked at healthcare workers who are often exposed to the virus, in which none who had previously tested positive for the coronavirus got reinfected. The study authors concluded, quote, that individuals who have had SARS-CoV-2 infection are unlikely to benefit from COVID-19 vaccinations. And in May, a Washington University study found that even a mild COVID infection resulted in long-lasting immunity. The question is how long, Okay. Because, by the way, like this is the other side of this spectrum here where you've got people who are like, oh, I got sick ones, and I'm pretty sure it was COVID, but I never got tested. So I'm pretty sure that I'm fine forever. Okay. No, you're not. Like, first off, you really should find out whether you've got the antibodies, right? If you think you had COVID, but you never actually found out if you had COVID, you should probably go and make sure you actually did have it. Get yourself tested. Now, if it turns out that you did have COVID, 
You have to understand, those antibodies do dissipate over time. They can last for a while, but they're not going to last you forever. It's not a permanent vaccination, okay? It's not permanent. So the research shows natural immunity is as good or better than vaccine-induced immunity. More and more research coming out shows this. Marty Mercari, Dr. Johns Hopkins guy, wrote a big op-ed at the Washington Post about this the other day. In January, February, and March, uh, we wasted scarce vaccine doses on millions of people who previously had COVID. This is a great point, too. These are the kinds of decisions that you make, the mistakes you make, when you don't adapt to actual data. And we had people who were refusing to acknowledge natural immunity from prior infection. And so we ended up jabbing a bunch of people who were already sick with COVID. And they got ahead of the line for, you know, ahead of other people. If we had asked Americans who were already protected by natural immunity to step aside in the vaccine line, tens of thousands of lives may have been saved. Will anybody be you know, asked about that? No, of course not. One reason public health officials may be afraid to acknowledge the effectiveness of natural immunity is that they're afraid it's going to lead some people to choose to get infected versus getting the vaccination. And that is a legitimate concern. Absolutely. There will be people that are, we heard it, like there were some people that did some sort of COVID party in Houston, remember, like a year ago. And like one of the guys died. We can encourage all Americans to get vaccinated while still being honest about the data. And see, I would submit that being honest about the data helps tamp down on the stupidity. Because the more honest you are, and you say like, look, we thought this was the case, but now it turns out it wasn't. When you say that, it builds credibility. You're acknowledging that you thought one thing, research and data proved otherwise, and so you've adapted. When you refuse to acknowledge that you've had to change course, People then see you've changed course. They see that you haven't acknowledged changing course, and they're like, why aren't you acknowledging that? And now they don't trust you. Now, he says the tide could be shifting. Some large medical centers like Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids, Michigan, have already announced they're going to recognize natural immunity for their vaccine requirements, as they should, by the way. As they should. The current CDC position about vaccinating kids also dismisses the benefit of natural immunity. Young people are less likely to suffer severe or long-lasting symptoms, and they've experienced rare heart complications from the vaccines. In Israel, heart inflammation has been observed in roughly 1 in 3,000 to 1 in 6,000 males ages 16 to 24. The CDC has confirmed Almost 1,000 reports nationally in people age 30 and younger who got the vaccine got the same sort of uh, issue. A second dose of the two-shot mRNA vaccine, like the one Pfizer and Moderna have, may not be necessary in kids who had COVID. If your kid had COVID, you better think long and hard about getting them jabbed. Since February, Israel's health ministry, and by the way, I'm not recommending you do or do not. I'm just saying you've got to make these assessments. You've got to find the actual research. 
Since February, Israel's health ministry has been recommending that anyone, adult or adolescent, who has recovered from COVID-19 get only one of the two mRNA vaccines. Don't get two shots. Just get one. That's what Israel's been recommending. Are they science deniers? Israel's the most vaccinated country on the planet, I think. For comparison, the CDC has long recommended that kids do not get the chickenpox vaccine if they had chickenpox infection in the past year. The incorrect hypothesis that natural immunity is unreliable has resulted in the loss of thousands of American lives, avoidable vaccine complications, and it damaged the credibility of public health officials. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court declining to block the vaccine mandate for health care workers. The U.S. Supreme Court uh, says it's not going to weigh in on that case in the, uh, out of Maine, sending the potential green light to state mandates across the country. Justice Stephen Breyer, who handles emergency requests from Maine for the court, was responsible for the denial. The challenge came from a group of Maine health workers who argued that the Democratic Maine governor, Janet Mills's vaccine mandate was illegal. And with this Supreme Court denial, the mandate for employees at hospitals and nursing homes will take effect next week, according to The Hill. Waldo Borough, Maine, town manager Julie Kaiser, says the mandate might cripple emergency services that were thinly stretched throughout the pandemic. Deputy Fire Chief Cody Fenderson of Fort Fairfield said eight workers quit after Mills issued the mandate. In Lewiston, Central Maine Medical Center has begun to curb the number of hospital admissions due to an acute shortage of nurses. Dozens of healthcare workers have also quit. Most workers, um, however, followed the mandate. President Biden in September uh, imposed the federal vaccine mandate, saying, quote, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. Do you know how insane that sounds? We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated workers. The state of Arizona has filed a lawsuit as well. 24 state attorneys general have signed a public letter vowing to take legal action if Biden's mandate takes effect. Meanwhile, this poll from Elon University out this morning shows overwhelming support for booster shots. This is, by the way, part of the problem that elected leaders are having is that it's hard to get a read on where the public is. And so if you're, you know, licking the finger and putting it to the wind, eh, you're not really sure yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is where leadership really matters. Vaccinated North Carolina residents overwhelmingly say they are in favor of taking another shot. 92% of those who received the vaccine say they're glad they're, they, they are glad that they did. 65% say they already received a booster or will get one when available. And 25% say maybe when asked if they're going to get a, a booster. So if you got the shot, you're happy with your shot. 92% they're happy and looking to get the booster. 20% of adults say they've not been vaccinated. And by the way, that number has not changed. So it's basically one out of five people in North Carolina say they're not getting vaccinated. The survey gauged the opinions of North Carolina adults about how their elected leaders are addressing the pandemic as well. We'll get into that up next. So Elon University out with a poll here. 20% of North Carolina adults say they have not been vaccinated and it's unlikely they will get vaccinated. 
The size of that segment of the population is similar to what the Elon poll found in three previous surveys going back through December. The survey gauged the opinions of North Carolina adults as well about how well their elected leaders are addressing the pandemic. And let's see here. Joe Biden got similar marks to those given to former President Donald Trump. So no better or worse. That's got to stink if you're a Democrat, huh? Um, (laughs) Opinions about how North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper is handling the pandemic have remained steady with most residents giving the governor a B or a C letter grade and workplace vaccination mandates among North Carolina adults. 60% are in favor of such a requirement by OSHA. 40% disapprove of such requirements for large employers. 64%. So like two thirds of adults support hospitals requiring medical workers to be vaccinated about 56% approve of private employers requiring vaccinations. And by the way, there is a difference between a private employer making that call for themselves and then the government telling employers they have to make that call. There is a difference. There's an ethical difference. And this is one of the things that um, I think a lot of folks in our media and probably just in general in the population, um, they're not aware of it. I mentioned this earlier with the sheepdogs analogy, right? that the sheepdogs bark at all the the sounds in the night, right? Barking at the perimeter. They, they, they see threats or hear threats all over the place, right? And a lot of times there is no threat. A lot of times it's just the wind or whatever. But sometimes it is legitimately a threat. There are a lot of people who are lulled into complacency by the protection that the sheepdogs provide that they can't possibly fathom that there are actually wolves beyond the perimeter, that there are wolves out there in the darkness. You know, the second amendment, and this is, you know, one of the arguments uh, uh, that arise whenever you start talking about gun control and gun rights is that the second amendment is not to prevent, uh, or or it's not about hunting, right? It's not about uh, preventing, uh, really people from like burglarizing your home, although it is obviously, but it is about protecting the society from a tyrannical government when a government goes tyrannical, right? It's about protection, but at at a larger policy level, that's the purpose because at the core, it's a very fine line when a society just kind of, you know, cheese slips off the cracker kind of (laughs) thing. So, uh, That's why you need people that are hyper alert to everything. And yes, okay, I hear you barking. Thank you very much. Good boy, good boy. Like, that's good. But it doesn't mean they're always right. But it doesn't mean they're always wrong. And if you dismiss all of the signs, all of the the signals, and you just ignore all of it all the time, uh, I'm not so sure that you're in a position to be telling us what is and isn't legitimate threats to the democracy. You know what I mean? Just eh, food for thought. Let me go over here to Skip. Hello, Skip. What's up? Welcome Hi, to the Steve. show. I enjoy the show. Thanks. Um, on the statistics, I want to make sure I understand. So you were saying that uh, the mortality rate for one of the groups was 0.003%, but that group is of people who had COVID, right? The so, no no the no the original numbers I gave the more the uh, that came from the uh, 
the Rational Ground website? Is that the stats you were talking about where it said the similar death rates as various other causes of death? Yes. Yeah. That was so that was so there were two different data points, and I've already uh put the paper away so I don't have it in front of me, but there were two different data points, but the ninety-nine point nine nine seven was the survival uh yeah, that was just the survival rate is what they called it. But survival would be meaning the survival rate if you had COVID. Okay, is that, I'm right? sorry. Is that what you asked? If that's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you had COVID, but I guess so. One of my thoughts, and you know, I'm a pro-vaccine person, but don't think it should be you know regulated or mandated. Mm-hmm. But w- I guess what would be curious is then what? How effective is the vaccine at preventing you from getting it? Let's say it's fifty percent. Right. So wouldn't it be? Wouldn't those mortality rates be? You know. You know, half or twice as good in a vaccinated group versus non-vaccinated. Well, we don't have the percent of making it. You know, whatever that ratio is of not becoming infected. Right. The problem is we don't have the data for most of that cohort because they're young. You know. Right. So and 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 the vaccines haven't been around, but for now, what nine months? Right. So if you're looking at almost two years of data, you only got half, and that's and and yeah, like the data is going to evolve in our. Uh, analysis can evolve as we go through it. Absolutely. Um, I'm not so sure, like my view on where the, and, and, and I don't even like calling them vaccines at this point. I look at them more as therapeutics because I'm not even so sure that they prevent people from catching it and spreading it. It just sounds like it just minimizes the symptoms and the risk of death, which is good. And I would still make the same decision to get vaccinated, but I don't think it's a vaccine per se. Right. To me, the biggest hesitation that I had and still have is, I'm not sure what it will. What does it mean 30 years from now? Right, Maybe it's nothing. But you know, shingles tells us a lot about these things can sit for 40 years and then say boom. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't know, and nobody does. By the way, like that's part of the problem. And I, but I recognize, like, look, I'm 47 now, and so in another. 30 years down the road, I'm going to be, you know, in my 70s, hopefully, if I'm still alive at that point. And if that's when something goes wrong, okay, you know, then we learn by then. But, yeah, I mean, we're taking a risk. And if it turns out that there isn't anything wrong with it and we're all fine, great. Now we have that body of, of evidence. Like, I I understood my my role in this clinical trial. Like, when people were telling me, oh, but Pete, it's not tested. Like, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm part of the test. So, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, that, and, and part of that, we can talk about how it's the science, the science, the science, but there's just not, just not enough history to right. put our lives on it and mandate it. That, to me, is just ridiculous, but everybody's got their opinion. Right. No, Ooh, I got you. Enjoy get... your show. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a great weekend. And, uh, yeah, and, and this is it. Like, I'm not going to tell people that they're making the wrong decision because it's a different one than I made, right? But my, I do have concerns about the boosters because now every single booster that you're telling me to get, every, what, three months, six months, what? If I have to now take boosters for the rest of my life, is that the way this is going to go? Every single booster, though, increases the potential risk of the negative side effect of that booster shot. And at some point, that risk is not worth it. And that's going to be a different assessment for everybody. So we get to have this fight every three to six months. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) All right. Fresh from his Talktoberfest appearance, Brett Winterbull is up next on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Have a great weekend. Uh, I'll talk with you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.